0: His name is Heston Blumenthal and he is taking us on a journey to the centre of food to discover more about our special relationship with cooking and eating. My name's Jay Taylor, I'll be your host for this adventure along with our fat duck fact finder James Winter. And on today's episode we're putting out our towels, sticking a knotted handkerchief on our heads and sliding into our speedos as we get ready for the heat by celebrating the ice cream van and all things summery. So without further ado, let's meet our own little ray of sunshine, Heston Blumenthal. Hello, sir.
1: Hello, sir. I'm on my deck chair. <laughs>
0: He's fully deck chaired up. <laughs> well, we are all out of Pod HQ today, aren't we? We're all scattered around Europe even
1: more than usual. So uh, where are you, Heston? I'm in Spain with my son. Um, Lovely. How is it? Days. How is it? Knotted hankies but, on the head. Uh, yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's overcast and humid. So. Oh. I, I have, my head is sensitive to heat anyway, so a knotted handkerchief would just make <laughs> things worse for me. Uh, so and because Heston's I out
0: and about, you haven't got your mic, uh, you haven't obviously diligently packed your uh, your podcast
1: mic. No, uh, Because no, EasyJet doesn't allow it. No, I'm in a hotel where outside there's by the swimming pool. I And they do everything they can here to stop you hearing the birds and listening to the sound of the sea. So my, my memory of being by the seaside with the noise chiming of an ice cream van, a deck chair, well not in principle, but seagulls and crashing waves is drowned out by two different areas of the hotel with two different dung 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 dung
0: yeah so, so so dear listeners obviously we'll have some today's audio will be even patchier than normal because james is sitting outside i'm outside well, a hotel i'm outside
2: the mandarin oriental in london just outside of the terrace of, of dinner by heston the beautiful summer london sunshine is 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 a crosshide Park where i'm looking i'm in the shade so it's nice and cool but you might hear you won't hear Dung, dugga, you might hear
1: nee-na, nee-na,
2: and various people chatting and <laughs> enjoying ice creams and glasses of champagne It's gorgeous.
1: Do you know, James, um, where you're sitting, uh, I grew up in High Park almost when I was a kid. We lived near there. So that was my playground. And I remember looking at the back of the Mandarin as a kid because in the park, there used to be an ice cream van right in front. You can't quite see it because you've got a hedge in front of you. So I get an ice cream from that van and I'd see this grand building. And I remember sitting there once after we opened the hotel with my mum and my sister, and it was, it was the anniversary of my dad's death. And I had a moment, I looked out of these grand windows into Hyde Park from the grand hotel and thought, I saw the ice cream van and thought, who'd have thought one day, I would be having a restaurant looking back at the ice cream van. It was just it was just a moment of sometimes... Oh, that's lovely. I, I, pat, mm. I, I think it's good to pat ourselves on the head or the bag. No, the head's easier because you don't have to bend your arm so much. But the, um, the, the, the pat on the <laughs> head to remind, to remind ourselves that of the good things or the things that we might be proud of in life. So you're, where you're yeah, sitting, here, James... Here. If I can imagine where you're looking at as a kid, I could be looking back at you, looking back at me from the park with that ice cream van that seemed massive at the time.
0: Thank you, everyone, for getting in touch. We've been loads of correspondence, and please keep them coming. It's uh, hestonspodcast at gmail.com and at hestonspodcast on Instagram. It means a huge amount to us to hear from you, Uh, and we've had some lovely messages. And don't forget to subscribe. You know what? It's free. My parents didn't realise that. They thought you had to pay to subscribe to podcasts. They were quite impressed when it was free. Um, So do do subscribe. It's free. Uh, And leave comments and things. That would be wonderful. We've had a note here from Giles Ward. Hello, Giles. He says, Hi, Heston, Jay, and James. I've been binging on your podcast since discovering it after christmas and i've learned a lot of things about food and us humans i'd never considered before now Um, i was out with my family and one of our friends for a meal for the first time since lockdown started and i brought up the subject of unusual flavor combinations ah this is our flavor combinations podcast we have every so often where we try unusual things my friend she said she likes celery with biscoff spread i haven't heard of biscoff spread and her brother used to eat sandwiches containing cheese chocolate spread and desiccated coconut. I imagine the coconut provided texture more than flavour. Anyway, looking forward to hearing more from the podcast. Keep up the good work. So um cheese, chocolate spread, and coconut, that sounds really good in a sandwich, right? I,
1: I love well mm. several things. I love that Jars is binge watching. Binge, <laughs> binge listening. listening. Binge
0: <laughs> but, I'm not sure that would do to you mentally to binge listen to us lot which are on, but that's quite uh, impressive. <laughs> uh,
1: but it is coming back to what we're talking about as a a connection with things and what is right and what is wrong and there is no wrong and right to food we've spoken about this many times before that it might be, be disgusting for one person but it's not disgusting for the world so when i think many of us I mean, I've done this enough times myself in other areas. I get now, I, 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 I hear the words coming out of my mouth and I feel thinking, why am I being judgmental about somebody's behavior? Is that a reflection on something I need to look at in myself? I don't know. So when somebody, and this is the, the beauty of kids, cheese, coconut, chocolate in a sandwich, it could be yeah, wonderful. Sounds good. It but
2: it's, not just, it's not just it's
0: not just saying it as well. Maddie's also got in touch. Hello, Maddie, friend of the show. She she said the same thing. Personally, for me, ready salted crisp with chocolate spread or a slab of chocolate on white bread. But apparently, she's allergic to all, so she can't eat it. But she dreams about it. But yeah, another white bread, <laughs> white bread and chocolate.
2: <laughs> oh, being allergic <clears throat> to the thing you dream about—that's oh, a terrible. T- I feel for. Oh. <laughs>
1: That oh, is no that thing, that's. that's I, a, I don't know if that's a paradox or. I don't know if I would actually say <laughs> stuff it literally into my mouth. Uh, and <laughs> you would, and su- you would, <laughs> and then suffer. So, so the logic that yes. comes from actually, I'm dreaming about this. So, but I I know I can't eat it. Have you got any allergies? Are you allergic to anything? If you talk you metaphorically, I could write an encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where you were going to go with it. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, I'm thinking food stuffs
0: rather well, than am I am getting planes on time? But this is a,
1: this again is a really interesting interesting subject. What is allergy? I have I've had it since I was a kid. Esophagitis. Otherwise, I'm fighting fit. I think I'm fighting fit and healthy. reason yeah okay that's a (laughs) thanks but it manifests itself in either a tickly cough a croaky voice which i'm having now or when it gets when it when it gets quite strong i can feel very queasy and when i was a kid my mum always said in front of um you know other people, ah, oh, that's his. That's a, your nervous cough. You've got a nervous cough, and I get defensive. Really? Say, it's not, not a nervous cough, like I, it's a tickly throat. So I cough to try and remove my tickle, and then eventually I went and got this tested. And I went and had a one of those. What are they called? Endoscope. It's like a snake. Oh, did you? Yeah, and I didn't Ooh. want the full an, um, anesthetic because I wanted to look at the camera when it was down my. Throat, so yeah, that'd be brilliant. It, I'd it want to do a that. a weird, weird feeling. It was sort of like a COVID test, but for half an hour in your stomach. So you have this feeling in your stomach. As it, do you associate it's yours? Can you, when you see the pictures, do you feel it moving or does it not make sense? Well, this is a, a good question because the doctor said to me, I said, I don't get acid reflux really, but I have this tickly cough and, and, and my throat goes sometimes. He says, it, it's the same thing. And our esophagus, which connects the brain with the gut. In fact, if you think where you you get heartburn or you've got a, you know, food gone down the wrong way or however people say these things, we think it's in a specific point in our chest. In fact, it's not there. The whole esophagus inflames, contracts. So where you think you've got a specific, oh, it's right here. So you guys can't see. But it's right here let's say i'm pointing i don't know, three four inches under my neck it's not necessarily there it's it's it could be right down it it could be something getting into your your gut but it's a bit like a hose pipe when it's squeezed at some area the acid reflux comes it forces it back up but it doesn't mean you you can get heartburn you can have a tickly cough you can lose your voice So my allergies, people could say, don't eat, don't drink coffee, don't drink wine or alcohol, don't smoke, don't eat tomatoes, don't have acid, or stress. There's never one reason for something happening.
0: We talk all the time about, you know, traveling inside food and i know that and the inner universe we have and i know that the three of us would give anything to actually do what we think we're doing on this which is dive in a little submarine and drive around inside your body or our bodies like oh, in a space it would be oh, fantastic wouldn't I,
1: it? jack and i we spoke about a lot yesterday one of the conversations was about we know more about mars than we do the, the, about the bottom of the ocean which is where we came from, and what we came from. You can keep chasing our back before that, before that, before that. So, um, if you think about, I, I love diving. I haven't been for a while, but I love scuba diving. And if I don't see a turtle or a brightly coloured fish or a, a, a not dangerous shark or a stingray or something, it's okay. But when I see the coral moving in the water, and you see little fish brushing themselves against the coral, if you look at images of our gut, the inside of our stomach, it's just like coral. It's very, very very similar. That's cool. And we can't see, well, I suppose with an endoscope you can, but journeying, you we journey into the centre of, of food or we journey into the centre, or we can, if we journey into the centre of ourselves, wherever that might be, you know, sometimes it's easier to climb right. Everest or run a marathon.
0: Well, maybe we'll get that sponsor one day and we can actually get the micro submarine and actually drive around inside ourselves. I'm sure that'll be, you know, manageable. Whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> no problem. If you can
1: imagine if you can imagine something you'd love to eat but you can't eat it. Imagine if we lived in a world of no imagination. So yes, we're in a we're in a yellow submarine, with the round windows we riveted, are. riveted to to the uh, <laughs> to the submarine casing, an old fashioned sort of bent chimney, and we're peering out the window. <laughs> we are. Yeah, our faces and plastered on noses, breath against cream, the side of it, licking an ice cream <laughs> off an ice cream cone. Always. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Now we've had um, on the on the subject of summer because I think we're all finally feeling the heat on our on our heads and necks and starting to feel a bit summery. So that's what we're going to be celebrating on the podcast today. And we've had a lovely message from uh J- well Spaff he's called aka James. He said uh, he starts off with uh, a very lovely note saying thanks for the podcast everyone. Heston, you've been a huge inspiration to me. Words can't express how much I've learned from you over the years, the joy you've been responsible for, from building homemade tandoors to sellotaped hoovers to Tupperware so he can aerate chocolates for his own BFG, meat fruit on family days, like and even really try eating? to unsuccessfully source reindeer milk.
2: <laughs> why, why just on family days for meat fruit? <laughs> he
0: says, you taught me to never be afraid of even the most complicated recipes. But I, Spaff, I would suggest some of them you should be deeply afraid of and that food could can and should be super fun and playful affair i can't thank you a lot uh, enough and jay and james you're probably partly responsible as well so thank you too but then he goes on to tell us uh, something really interesting about picnics and squash sandwiches a couple of weeks ago we did a, uh, a podcast all about picnics and heston talked through what you know in our mythical picnic what we're going to put in the bag and you talked about squash sandwiches he's found this uh, penguin book uh, called Of Pangeants and Picnics by Elizabeth Davis. Um, and it's from the post war, it's recipes from the post war period. And there's one that's been stuck in his mind yeah. ever since. Um, basically, it's for a sandwich, but it starts with some advice. It says, The wise, at least among the children of this world, uh, should always travel with a flask of whiskey and water, what he calls a shooter sandwich. And then he goes on to say, Take large, thick, excellent rump steak. Do not season, for that will cause I the juices to run language. out and in grilling it, keeping it, keeping it markedly underdone, have ready a sandwich loaf, one end of which has been cut off and an adequate portion of the contents has been removed. Put the steak hot from the grill, uh, somewhat highly seasoned into the loaf, add some grilled mushrooms, replace the end of the loaf, wrap in uh, what white blotting paper, tie with twine and more twine, and then place a moderate weight on top, and after a while, other weights and let the thing endure pressure for at least six hours and then uh, and then carve. And that's from 1932. And that sounds like um, an amazing um, steak sandwich to me. Amazing. A lovely recipe. Like an English
1: version of pambania, the Provençal roll where you make the tuna, mm. the nislaas salad. And you put it in the bread and you wrap it in tea towel and then you put weights on it. So, it soaks in the juices but and yeah. i just so the idea yeah, does, with, i've done this before with the idea of a sound sandwich i'm imagining a sandwich wrapped in parchment tied with a bit of old old handmade string into a beautiful bow talk about working for your
0: award as well you've got to wait six hours and adding moderate weights every few yeah. minutes on top of that that feels like a sandwich. that's you know a toasted sandwich takes some dedication but that idea of doing that is amazing. I love the idea of the meat juices also yeah. getting into the inside and, of the been, and, as
2: well. and then taking it outside into the the, you know, the lovely summer sunshine to sit under a lovely willow tree or whatever you can find with some shade and, and enjoy it in a mindful connection with nature and all that hard work. It sounds amazing. That that's good, good find.
0: Spaff. Spaff, that Thank sounds you like, ever so like, much. I've,
1: that, I've, hell, I've, I've just I've taken gone to my spaceship and ventured into the world of the spaff sandwich sandwich. sandwich.
0: sandwich. (laughs) that's a really good that one some of those old recipes are a bit hokey but that one is particularly good now obviously after we've had our spaff sandwich the idea of this uh podcast is we are going to now we've talked about ice cream before but this is more about the joy of summer and the ice cream van now James I know has a little bit of history for us about the ice cream van and then we should little we should have a talk a little bit about a, a TV adventure we had where we made the world's biggest well what we call the world's biggest ice cream is some of our loose science on these things but James first of all uh, the ice cream van where's it come from
2: well it's I mean it, it, I suppose it appeared in both England and, and America around the same time um so I've just got another diner coming past me um in the restaurant so um <laughs> excuse me if I raise <laughs> my voice uh, and and it appeared to coincide with kind of development of uh, the home refrigerator and home freezing equipment becoming more accessible and it's dated around 1956 on some Patrick's Day in West Philadelphia is, is supposedly the first soft whip ice cream uh, that was served whether it was um, made in, in a soft scoop lever driven machine I don't know it's not sent but uh, around sort of 1960 odd it appeared in the UK uh, once a company called Smith's with Walls had started to develop ice cream and build the biggest ice cream factory in, in might be Europe certainly was Britain um, and ice cream vans were, were sort of created around the same time so they'd be heading out onto the streets of England around 19. 19- 5960, um, which I think you, recent, you guys actually. might have filmed at the well, quite recent, and I guess you know, motor cars and motor vehicles are fairly recent in terms of food history, and so it was really just a, a very mobile way of taking the product out to the people. And I think you didn't you guys film at the Walls Factory we in, in Gloucester? A mini, a I think that's factory. maybe um, linked to one of the very first ice cream. Um, vans that I can find there's other companies that are around. there's Mr Softy who we still see from time to time These iconic
1: sort of pink they painted their vans very pink before then the ice cream was scraped onto these glass cones called penny licks so you'd have your penny lick in your pocket you'd go to your vendor which would be obviously before the glamour of the ice cream van and they'd scrape the ice cream trowel or scrape it onto your penny lick, and then you lick the ice cream off.
0: The waffle cone is a curious invention, isn't it? I I wonder how they, is it made originally like a waffle? Like as in you'd make a breakfast waffle? You just make it like a
1: crispy pancake, and then you roll it around a cone before it gets crispy. Because when it gets cold, it gets crispy. Then it sets. Ah, And then it sets like that. The cone that we know now is a different thing.
0: Because also there's a the wafers you had as a kid. You remember when you had like an ice cream sundae and you get one of those yeah. little triangle yes. ones shoved in the top of it. That was different again. And the 99 one is different to the fancy ones you get when you go to a nice, you know, ice cream van and get like the, you know,
1: the Italian ice cream in it.
2: Yes, it's made of some kind of cardboard, isn't it? Those ones.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, some kind of cardboard. That's that's exactly why I paused when you said it's crispy. I thought, oh,
0: I don't like the, I don't like the ice cream cones for me. I prefer a, I prefer a wooden stick. Than an ice cream. Although there is something
1: Especially from the there ice was cream. Something van. nice in the summer when the sun's out, I remember as a kid when you're with a Mr. Whippy or a soft serve. So you lick the ice cream and then it starts to run down the outside of the cone, which makes it wet. So you try and lick round the edge of the cone to then put, keep it in the cone push it to the push inside push it to the inside don't you
2: try and you try and push it, it into the bite in the bottom I hate it that. Suck. it's too much
0: tension when i'm eating oh
2: when you bite suck. yeah yeah no surely you do that
0: jay no i hate it it's too much tension i don't like it melting ice cream i don't want to be constantly trying to keep the geography of it correct mm. as i'm eating no it's no if i could have it in cold conditions just for that mm. moment see that's what they should be doing like little cold rooms you can go in to eat your We're ice done. cream and in fact we have uh, talking about that well, walls factory, do you remember that cold room where when we were building the three-ton ice cream, there was a room which was what? Yeah. 940? I mean, it, it, was, it was
1: Arctic conditions, I remember, and you had to wear Arctic clothing in. And we <clears throat> we decided, this was right at the beginning of the series, we just decided we were going to make the largest ice cream, ice cream cone in the world, edible. Easy to say, isn't it? It's easy to say in planning and then when you start looking into it... No. And when you make large food, by the nature of it being large, it means it's heavy. So it means the food at the bottom has to be strong enough to support the stuff on the top. The bigger it is, the heavier it is. So when you put it in your mouth, it's so tough. Normally what people do is just make stuff out of chocolate. Or giant sponges
0: and that's a very good point actually because it's not edible no. when you see these big foods normally they're not edible they no. technically are but they won't taste good and that was one of the things like you say as soon as you get big it's it's cubed everything's is like the reason you don't have gigantic animals is because bones don't grow at the same you know the times three of, of the, the mass of the creature and it's the same with this and you know that was the biggest problem, problem. And as the, well.
1: with the, with the, when we're doing it with the channel obviously there's you and your team Then you've got the production company, which are involved. Then you've got the channel. So, and this comes back to the thing about creativity. They will have a predetermined idea of what they want or suggest to us. So we had suggestions of making, I don't know, remember the giant pint of beer that people were just falling? You thought, why would you want to dive into a pint of beer? You'd stink, just drink a pint it's sticky and stinky. it's stinky in isn't fact it? what they were trying to say because they didn't yeah. understand yeah. just how difficult it was to do this stuff we had to try and work out that although they say they want that what can we give them that is that it's more what of a metaphor really what can we give them that will tick our boxes and their boxes as well
0: one of the most fun things you did on that was you wanted to put Top, when we had the giant ice cream set up to feed the whole of Gloucester, and there were about three thousand people there, and we wanted to get toppings on it so you could change the the taste of yeah. it and the flavour of it. Yeah. And out the back of your ice cream van, we had these um, machine guns. Do you remember those, which wheeled out, yeah, and then like, we got the
1: locals water cannons.
0: Yeah, paintballs and water cannons, which could fire. Actually, yeah, you made like spherified
1: yeah, paint, cherry sauce. They were paintballs paint paint based it. on things like Solero bars. So yes. inside the paintball were ice creams on sticks, but they were paintballs. Then they came out the back of this pimped up ice cream van, which, which played... I remember there was like a... It was the ice cream van was falling apart. It was so it was, bad, wasn't it? It was so bad. It, I mean, it was on its, such, on its last legs. I don't think... It like, like £2.50
0: to buy one.
1: Yeah. And we pimped it
0: up big time. Um, it was an old horse wagon. You know, it was one of those things you used to carry horses around it. And we had to convert it into an ice cream van. Because <laughs> they're sort of the same, same truck. Because real ice cream vans are insanely expensive. Because they've got all the yeah. stuff inside them.
1: Yeah, I was just yeah. looking at
2: how much it cost to, to get a franchise of Mr. Softy. It's about 150000 to buy you know, a Mr. Softy ice cream van from wow. them. Which you then have to pay oh back God, by well, selling ice popped. creams.
1: Our our big time um, big time expense budget. I think yeah. I wanted to keep it afterwards. I remember this. I wanted to keep it. He did, um, and uh, we went to try and get it into the car park in Bray, and then people put it in storage. But it started to fall apart before it even got there.
0: <laughs> I think because it rained and the van just went. You know, getting it from Gloucester to Bray was hard enough. I think I had to oh. tow it and push it. And then,
1: <laughs> so it, 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 it. We set the scene after having tried to make this, the giant Mr. Whippy in this uh, freezer room with Arctic outfits on it took five weeks to freeze the ice cream. oh
0: yeah i forgot how long it took to freeze
1: and it. we thought what if it melts in fact it was the opposite if it takes that long to freeze it it's so there's such a it was it was a ton it was so big it was so, it was so cold in fact the melting wasn't the problem it was it was free froze inside so much remember it it split in half oh and, and then oh, we had God, four the weeks or three weeks to do it again so we had to make this talk about victorian engineering like a like a t- system of tube, metal tubes that went inside that they put ice cream around and then molded it by hand we did it with spades to try and make it look like a mr whippy and then they poured nitrogen into the tube so it also froze from the inside as well as the outside and we didn't know if it was going to work and then the waffle i've forgotten coat, that
0: detail remember the, the oh, waffle, the waffle coat, coat. It was so oh. huge and then oh
1: when we tried to erect it on this stage in front of a couple of thousand people they were trying to crane the ice cream onto the cone and there oh, was a man. really wobbly moment and I remember thinking I, you know I got for the first time I thought you know what if this, if this collapses as long as these people get fed it doesn't go in the bin from a TV point of view what's there to lose but with the shows we did my job we, just to clarify we, 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 never, <laughs> we, we always did it we always got there and I'm we sure always managed to make
0: it go isn't it oh, and sure. there was always a point where you know you've got the show in the can and you're just as long as that ice cream cone lands on top of that bloody waffle and i can get it up there for 10 seconds i have got six cameras rolling on this as long as it gets there We've got a show. I but think the tension it, when you're trying off, to get to that point. I got
1: either after all this work, if it fell off on stage, didn't hurt anybody, and um, we could still scrape it up and feed people. Actually, <laughs> the failure would have been it was maybe because I'm sure many people watch these shows and thought, "There he goes. I'm my challenge is to try and create the blah 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 blah." blah i'm oh. on a
0: mission to right. I'm on the, a I'm for on no the,
1: particular reason exactly <laughs> and now my life's about to fall apart just, I pull it arbitrary
0: off. time schedule yeah. if i don't
1: do it in four weeks nothing will basically happen yeah. but i have to say it and then he's done it again and so people <laughs> must think oh here we go another heston impossible task that he pulls off um yeah. behind the, i would love i would love they have to have to have been a behind the scenes like a double version a behind the scenes oh, version yeah of all of the jeopardy that went on trying to make that happen so on top of that the channel wanted us to create false jeopardy and i remember yeah, on this top of the story, real jeopardy I was, I was, there's so much <laughs> jeopardy here anyway where there's so many people. jeopardy comes as standard yeah it's there.
0: That's a good point, actually. Anyone out there listening, if you want to know what actually happened behind the scenes of any of the TV shows with Heston in New Light, just ask, and we will spill the beans on, on basically everything and tell you the, the, the truth behind all the that's a great, Jeopardy that's Maidens. That's a
1: great show. You guys, any if you've seen any of these shows, it doesn't matter whether they're the Giant Food or the Space Ones or the Feast shows or whatever, and any questions you want to ask... About any behind the scenes moments, I think we've got more there would be more potential footage about behind the scenes than uh, than in fact yeah. they made it on the camera oh, no word. some
0: of the stuff I think we kind of uh, well we did capture some of the essence of the ice cream fan, but I think we gave ourselves we we've, um, interestingly we had a note as well from gemma down under hello gemma she was uh she was talking about ice cream vans down under now i think you're going to know some of these heston because obviously you spent a load of time down there but she says um her favorite kids ice cream on a stick was a bubble bill uh which was uh in a tub it was neapolitan but only strawberry and vanilla so i'm Mm -hmm. imagining i'm guessing a bubble bill is probably a um what are the ones a bubble gum in called that we used to have
2: screwballs screwballs
0: i think that's a screwball uh and also they've got the golden gay time which oh, is,
1: and the golden uh, gate, golden gay time is a, is a feast, yeah, yeah, uh, yes. I know quite a lot about that.
2: That sounds a <clears throat> that sounds a wonderful. So that's a chocolate based ice cream. Is it on a there, stick? There is, there is that is what you mean? There's
1: a chocolate and a lifestyle choice. Wonderful. It's both all the above. yeah,
2: exactly. It's the whole thing. <laughs> There's a wonderful. It's always moment. golden gate time somewhere. <laughs> so you you, in, uh,
1: Hester, the, we did an Australian documentary about moving the fat duck to dinner to to uh, to Melbourne and there was a, a gay couple that came in to eat, really flamboyant you remember you couldn't you yes could we filmed them didn't make we that up they they came out with some <laughs> absolute beautiful one-liners and they were some deep said, are of it was weren't they? it was in that voice he had a big colorful t-shirt on and he had and he had it was our version of a golden gate time i, I
0: mean we, <laughs> yeah. feast you did a beautiful version of the the golden gate time, didn't you? Which was was it was it foie gras in it?
1: Foie which sounds weird, chip, but it was amazing. A parfait with a covered in a fig, very fine fig jelly, and then nuts. So it was. It, oh, it was. Um, it, it,
0: it, it looked <clears> spectacular <throat> as well.
1: They also have a, a p-
0: paddle pop down under, which looks like a sort of raspberry ripple type thing. I um, know oh the bubble o' bill is actually. Oh, it looks like a sort of happy face rather than a happy foot with a bubblegum shoved oh, for the nose. happy
1: face, mm. happy feet. They're the, they were the pink. They were the pink ones, weren't they? The pink sort of.
0: Yeah, with the with, feet, the, yeah. with the eyeballs on. Yeah, them. I wouldn't. Do it, that didn't do it for me. I used to love that that the
1: bad jokes on the lolly sticks, and they disappeared.
0: They have, haven't they? They've gone away yeah. now. Those, which is a real shame because I. Yeah, they're basically in line they're with my dark humour, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Well, ours is obviously more intellectually, logically advanced and uh, much yeah. more
0: refined yeah much more (laughs) they were brilliant but you'd have to
1: you only get half the joke so you'd you'd have to at the time you ate the ice cream the jokes on the stick and i remember when we did one for um at the duck jars Corran, the 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 journalist broadcaster food critic he came in and i know jars pretty well and i know vicky Corran is his sister so I gave her a call. This is at the beginning of us looking at personalization to try and use personalized things to trigger memories. And she gave me some incredible information before Giles came in. I told her what I was trying to do. And I remember the name of the lolly. When they were kids, their dad told them that the carrot, the rabbits ate these special carrot ice creams. So they saw in the dark. So. <laughs> that he had a special good name fact. for it but i can't remember the name so we made this carrot ice cream a bit like the golden Gate time with a jelly around it on a stick but we gave the name on the stick we printed it on the on a we've got a printer uh at work hey. i think he cried
0: wow because, in a good way i'm guessing
1: yeah oh. in an in a, in amazing
0: wasn't the bill. No, right? he wasn't sat
1: around the face. His, no one died in the table. Um, um, kids weren't affected Sex in the making man. of this lolly. He had not heard of this n- name for like 30 or 40 years.
0: Hey, wouldn't that be great? Like a magical ice cream van. Like, because where, where they kind of, you could do that in the ice cream van where the the sticks had messages to you on them and... The ice cream you find a a little surprise.
1: Though, cool?
2: A fortune teller type lolly, so you would go with your philosophical question. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: you know, should I, whatever. <laughs> it, break, would, it would leave, even, you know, an answer leave to, my family yeah, and question, run off to the hills.
1: Answer to a question that maybe you'd have been <laughs> asking yourself and you didn't even know about. But you know, or, <laughs> like the magic eight ball. Yeah, you, know, you open it had a little. Even the I played around even with you know the lollies that I could be Solero and stuff, and you buy them in a shop. Or you buy them, not the the, the the soft scoop, but you buy them in the freezer. As I'm talking, memories, you know those chest freezers where when you're a kid you'd slide open the drawer and then you put your head in and you'd almost into the noise, fall into them the noise so opening. big, the noise of opening. But when you're small, everything's much more massive. When you look up at the ice cream van, the menu board, oh my word, it's massive.
0: It's brilliant, isn't it? The, the agony of choice there is, and also the cost of something because you're obviously doing your ch- your kid maths in your head, and all, you don't want to go for a mini milk for crying out loud, but you can't afford a cornetto. So it's that area in between the two that you're looking at. You're sort of going, well, I'm not going for a, the two. Also, when you're on holiday, you know you talk about that chest freezer when you've like where you are now in Spain, when you went on kids' holidays and you could go and get open the big chest freezer and get out one of the fancy foreign foreign ice creams,
1: oh, uh, and it so would be my memories are. UK, there'd be a chest freezer, but they'd also sell windbreakers and flip-flops in the same shop. And it would be walking down yes. to the beach. there yes. be shop, maybe yeah. the steps up it. And there was a certain smell in the shop. It might be the smell of flippers and rubber and stuff, beach stuff. I'm not sure.
0: But you and I love, we, we all love the British seaside, right? And everything about it. But I think one of the great things about lockdown, and there's not many, but one of the big things about the pandemic is that a lot of people in Britain have had to sort of, revisit the british seaside i've seen a, down in cornwall i've seen a lot of very confused people from london who would never normally go on holiday in britain pottering around going this is amazing this is fantastic and all these like you say, those memories of those little shops and the sort of it being you know told to bugger off from the local arcades and all yeah. those kind of things are just
1: <clears> relate to what we were saying and it, it, at really the beginning important. you know like sitting and being able to connect with nature or the simple things in life. I mean, I don't know the simple thing. What is simple in life? But we live in a society that we have so much choices. We have so many things available to us that understandably, we actually develop these problems, They're not exactly third world problems. I know my, my daughter once bought me a book and it was it was. I don't know if you've you heard of this. This is a few years ago. It was comments at Waitrose. <laughs> Great is idea. Suffering, you know? I can't I can't get any high mountain <laughs> yeast for my sourdough bread. My life's a misery. Where is my at Heston <laughs> chocolate spread? I mean, this is not, this is uh, not uh, acceptable. Yeah, I, I mean, I've said this sometimes uh, I'm, and, and that, that's the beauty of awareness. I can't think of an example. You say like something that you're complaining about. Oh no, I remember once it was a photo shoot We were in this room and it was, it might have been for the glasses I was designing and it was hot. And I remember saying that, that's, my toes are curling just by the way, just for, dear listeners, (laughs) my knees are wobbling and my toes are curling, but I need to share this. And this, there's probably hundreds of like this. I said, I've got a head that's sensitive to heat. That's why I can't wear cashmere. <laughs> Diva moment. Diva <laughs> oh, moment. I oh love it. my <laughs> word.
0: <laughs> I hope that sent loads of runners scurrying off.
1: Quick, Heston will oh, wear oh, cashmere, another for God's why, why are we on self-shame? Give some nylon. Just another one. And I can give you <laughs> many more of these in, in, in podcasts to come. When I was at Crown in Melbourne, they gave me this big apartment moment with a table tennis table in it. I'm working twenty hours a day, and Monica, my—you both, you guys both know—wonderful, PR lady, big, big red She's Scottish. She could be a stand-up comic, lovable but scary at the same time, because force she's of, a force nature. of nature. So she says you yeah. need to sign some. There were Deep Feast DVDs for some event, so they did, and, and some books. So she, they delivered these couple of boxes takes- to the room. She's sitting down, waiting for me to sign them. I can't find my Sharpie. So, as I, I picked up the phone, I said, I'll, I'll phone my butler to get a Sharpie. And I turned around to Monica and I said, Did <laughs> you just hear the words that came out of my mouth then? What, <laughs> what has happened to me? What have it's I been become? Dream. <laughs> I my butler to get I think a It's Sharpie. lovely, though, when you
0: have those moments. What have I become? <laughs> It's when you don't realize that that is a crazy thing to say that you're in trouble. But I get your butler. One day, we dream of having a butler on the podcast in Pod HQ. Our Sharpies will be gathered for us by a butler. Okay. So- <laughs> here's, here's a random fact for you just a bit of, just a bit of uh, background. If you are looking for the ice cream van this weekend, apparently there are uh, one ice cream van for every 13,000 people in Britain. So you better get to the front of the queue. But Bradford came out on top. They have 41 ice cream vans in Britain. Uh, in Bradford. So the place to go for an ice cream this weekend is Bradford. There we are. There's a, there's a, there's a made-up oh, on, a, a, on the on what a, the uh, what
1: about on how the many sect, people listening <laughs> on the spot have had this? When we made the filming, you remember this? That I we we talked to people about their n- nostalgic rem- uh, memories about ice cream vans. And Several people said that their, their parents, their or their, normally their mom, said that when they can hear the noise, they get really excited and want to, an ice cream. So the parents say, well, that means when they've run out. I've yeah.
0: heard that from lots of people. I've heard that from, that is the thing that I think crosses um, oceans as well, because I heard someone in America had the same thing. I don't think of America having ice cream vans either. I'm sure they, obviously they do. But I don't think about the same way. They if- <laughs> call
2: them ice cream trucks. they the same thing. They have the, the music as
0: well. <laughs> they will clearly have the music. If they, if uh, they, if yes, they yeah, they right.
2: do. Different, different songs, different songs. Yeah, mm. I believe so.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, we have <laughs> green sleeves and... Oh, no, we didn't. And, we, no, we didn't. Um, what would it
1: be? It's, it's uh, <laughs> a gangster rap coming out of ours, I think.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, streets of Shepherd's Bush. Um, chaps, I'm afraid we have meandered our way to the end all of, over the place. Uh, of our ice cream van adventure. All over the place. And dear listeners, uh, this has been just a sort of nostalgic wander through summertime because frankly we're all enjoying the sun and uh, fancied a bit of a potter through apologies for any sound issues but we are all scattered around the four corners um but that felt like a really fun way to um spend 2 pounds 50 in an ice cream actually bag. just just to I, finish <laughs> up I,
1: I've reminded me <clears throat> i did something with a dj and a magician for for some a musician for <laughs> for there's a DJ, musician, and a chef in a room. For an event, <laughs> and I called it BST. It was Matthew Herbert, who was a, a very clever, very clever musician. So I wanted to use... The, my soundtrack was my... The things that I imagined was the, signifi- the signification or the expectation of the coming of summertime. So a lawnmower, uh, some bees flying around. Uh, I put an English country garden... I'm not even going to try and sing it because I can't sing, but you know the you know the tune, and Richie Beno's cricket accent the, with the noise of a oh, ball lovely. on the, and we had the noise of yeah. cut grass, and um, he said the noise of cut grass, the the noise of a lawnmower, the smell of cut oh. grass. This tune playing, I can't remember where the event was, but I remember Matthew said to me he nearly got arrested because he went to his car and he's recording, he was trying to record kids coming out of a school and an ice cream like, Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll do it, it. yeah. He didn't have a brown <laughs> paper bag in his car, I don't think. But
0: We did that summer experiment. We you remember we put people in the middle of a shopping centre and got them to listen to that soundtrack while blindfolded, smelling, cut grass with their feet on grass? Yes, we did. It was one of those yes. experiments we did, which did not work. We did. <laughs> we tried it. We're just like, people. do you feel summery? And they're like... Not really, for <laughs> like of because it was just it was so for TV. We didn't get a chance to do it properly. We rushed I it. I think it was even Astro. I can't remember that where they, well. we did
1: this at first. It might have been something to do with Vivian Westwood or
0: yeah. You did it properly when you did your experiment. Yeah. I think it oh, it's, a bit of strawberries and cream. Even as well.
1: talking about these things, oh. it's it's. it's the bizarre.
0: It's brilliant. Well, one thing we'd love to ask you out there. Please, we know we have lots of listeners all around the world, and it is a joy hearing all the different food traditions from the far-flung corners. So, we'd love to know the tradition of the ice cream band. We know it's in Britain and in America. We presume it's in Australia because uh, we've had messages about the ice creams, but I don't know if they have the actual ice cream band. But beyond that, please do tell us if you have ice cream vans and how they work and what you get from them and your memories of them because it'd be brilliant to know if this is something that is spread far and wide or if this is just a very British tradition um, so yeah, it it'll would be, it'll be fabulous to hear from you uh, that email again is hestonspodcast at gmail.com and at Hestens Podcast on the Instagram, but gentlemen for now, on this beautiful Sunkist Day, uh, we'd like to wish everyone a lovely start of summer, I think we all feel like we've earned this hot weather as well um, Australia, obviously we know you're turning into winter now but, um, you know, you've only got yourselves to blame. Uh, but for, uh, for this week, James, thank you for being there for us, as always, sitting outside the, the Mandarin. I'm, and- going
2: looking for an, I'm going off looking for Heston's ice cream van that he Don't mentioned we- <laughs> at the top of this broadcast.
0: <laughs> and Heston, enjoy your well-earned break over there in Spain. And I, I hope you're going to go straight down to one of the local shops and try and get yourself a, a fancy Cornetto.
1: <laughs> thank you, chaps. And thank you for your questions again. They're brilliant, I love them.